Welcome back to the Great Sir Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Cam. I'm your host, Tyler. <laughs> and I'm your host, Ben. We're back Today at it on again. the podcast. Um, we're discussing Dune. Directed Park. by David Lynch. Part yeah. one. Dune part one, yes. It, as it says in the title card. And um, if you didn't already know, um, yes, it is part one of two. Because um, you didn't even know. We're pretty sure it's getting a part two at this point, right? Um, yeah, I actually... Um, and, yeah, and um, I guess I'll before, start off before by we talk saying... About the movie, before we talk about the movie, I would like to state that if you have the chance, if you feel safe, this is a movie you need to see in theaters. Because it's goofy if you watch this on HBO Max. At least for the first time. Yeah, ex- definitely. So, right. yeah, um, Dune is great. This is a great movie. Um, it's got such a clear vision, um, which I really admired. Um, lots of ambition, like from all fronts. It really just shows you how influential the original Dune novel by Frank Herbert overall because you can see little glimpses of here of like other influences like you can see a little bit of star wars here and there you can see a little bit of um blade runner blade runner for sure um star trek a little bit and this movie honestly the first half of this movie completely blew me away like i was in absolute awe of what i was witnessing yeah um I'm a huge, huge fan of um, Denis Villeneuve in general, so I was Dennis super Villeneuve. Shut up, Denis Villeneuve. Um, very big fan of him. Um, I really like all the stuff I've seen from him, and so yeah, I was really excited for this. Um, has such a huge cast. Um, yeah, great cast. Great ensemble. And, um, yeah, uh, it really lived up to the hype. Um, this was just, I was so immersed from the first second of this movie. And, um, though I'm not like super, I'm not very familiar with the Dune lore, but, um, so it, I was a little confused a couple times, but for the most part, I was well sucked into the movie and got a pretty solid understanding of everything going on. Yeah, the lore is just amazing in this movie. They build this world like like you can just tell how much thought, how much time, how much care went into crafting this world. And it's just it's just honestly mind-blowing to see on a big screen. Yeah, I saw it with a few friends last night and um I saw it with one of them too. one of them had pretty much no expectations going in and we all kind of walked out and we're like, "Whoa, that was insane. That was awesome." It was really, really just so good. So good. One of the best sci-fi movies um, of the decade since it's 2021 only. And um, yeah, um, well, I didn't I while I didn't like it as much as Blade Runner 2049, I still think these movies, these movies, like the two movies, though, they're directed by the same person. They don't share like a ton in common like they're very different i expected at least like the aesthetics of the movie to be a little similar like you know blade runner 2049 is very well known for having like such vibrant colors neon yeah 
But this movie is, it's not like gray, but it is muted, which makes a lot of sense for the setting. Uh-huh. And I think that worked really well with making the colors pop in a lot of others. Like, for example, the visions that Paul experiences just pop out and look so beautiful. Yeah. Because um, the contrast they use is just really interesting. Absolutely. And um, yeah, it, it really separates itself. I um, think the thing that uh, really makes this movie for me is uh, the characters in particular and the performances um i my favorites were um timothy of course and uh jason momoa i really liked and mm-hmm. well who are some and uh i'm trying to, i'm i can't remember her name um rebecca ferguson no the one the one who is already on the planet and sharon like, duncan brewster yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sharon Duncan Brewster. That's who it was. She was great. Yeah. I liked pretty much. Um, I was really into it. I liked yes. pretty much all the characters. Um, there were some characters who had smaller parts than other. Like Zendaya's not really in the movie a lot. Neither is um David Desmalchian or, or Dave, Dave Batista. But um, their part, their roles are clearly um supposed to be saved more for the sequel which is coming um this movie doesn't focus as much on the like villains of the movie which is um still in Skarsgård and Dave Bautista like they're what I forget what they're called but like that race apparently they're going to be focused a lot more on in the next movie because this one kind of set this first installment just did a really good job just setting building this world um setting up the story really because yeah, if you think of it this whole this whole dune part one movie is really just like setting up more to come like it it's a big like setup movie but i think um, it works it, it works in a great like, way it keeps yeah. you yeah like, that's uh, it. i i'm not really someone who likes part ones of a story like i'm not the biggest fan of deathly hallows part one like i always just feel really? like they're kind I never of knew that actually yeah it's a good movie but it just eh. it just i feel like they can tend to get really dragged out for no reason yeah. but, but, but this is really like yeah since i have no prior knowledge of the book or anything i really didn't mind this and i really like that it I really like that they are taking their time for this story because it, it definitely needs to be uh, fully realized throughout a long run time. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I think I think in a way like this is this is not a very good comparison, but this is movie is in a is like a part one sort of in the same way that like Infinity War is a part one where like it does technically end on a cliff. At the same time, it feels like a complete story. It feels like now. a complete story because we're not we're not going to get into spoilers, but there yeah. really is like a big moment of realization at the end that kind of like ends this chapter like definitively. And it's... yeah, and I have not seen the I have not read the book or seen the David Lynch movie, so um, I might I kind of want to read the book soon, but. Um, part of me kind of it's, a, it's a pretty lengthy for... book. Yeah, and I, I've heard it's kind of confusing. Um, but 
part of me just kind of wants to wait for the second one to come out. So I am just surprised by everything. But uh, I'm, I'm I kind of feel the same way. Mm-hmm. I also think that You've they're making David Lynch one right, Tyler. Yeah, I've seen it. Um, I don't remember much about it because that movie cuts out a lot. It is about two hours and fifteen minutes, and it cuts out and it covers the entire first book, which was definitely a interesting um yeah I, interesting I, after movie. seeing this i cannot imagine how that was shoved in. the whole book like stuff we haven't even seen yet was shoved into a two-hour movie shorter than yeah. this movie shorter than this new yeah, and movie. It has, that, that movie has faster pacing too like it's it's it's, it's a little weird like i i like this movie does technically have slow pacing on paper but honestly, it was probably the most engaging science fiction movie I've seen in a while. I thought it was more engaging than 2049. I would like to. What about The Rise of Skywalker? Though. Oh yeah, my favorite movie, uh, The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> they fly now. They fly now. They That's fly what Oscar now. Oscar Isaac says in this movie. Yup. <laughs> well, speaking of Oscar Isaac, uh, he's my favorite part of this movie. Um, really? Oscar yeah, I wasn't Isaac really was expecting great. it, but I I really. I think that part of the reason I prefer this movie a little bit to 2049 is because I felt like I could connect a little more to the characters. They are a lot like, more humanized. I expected to feel a little cold about some of the characters, but I was really just really sucked in by this, by the relationships, especially between um, Timothy Chalamet and his parents. Rebecca Ferguson was fantastic in this movie. Um, I really loved her interactions with Timothy Chalamet in the third act, but what really sold the movie for me writing wise was the emotional core of um, the fatherhood between Paul and his father. I because agree. It, almost, it reminded me in a way of my own relationship with my dad and it, it, it made me emotional. I do think, I think one of the best parts of this movie, one of the best scenes is when he's like, um, if you're, you know, if you're not a leader, you'll still be what I always needed you to be. It was my son. I thought that was a very yeah. I thought that was one of, if not my favorite scene of the movie. Um, I and Oscar Isaac is one of my favorite actors, and I did think he was he was very good here, and I liked his character. Yeah, and then easily lot. my second favorite part was Jason Momoa. I thought he was fantastic. Um, yeah, Jason Momoa just so charismatic in this movie, and was really the the energy the movie needed. Yeah. I like that he was almost like this like Han Solo kind of character, like in the middle of this big political war. Like it's yeah. almost like it, it's like if you put Han Solo in the prequels, that's what it would have been a little like. And it, it really works here. I love his name. His name's funny to me. Too. Duncan, Duncan Idaho. Yeah. Even though he's a smaller part, he was great. I loved Jason Momoa. Yeah. Um, really like Josh Brolin in this movie too. Oh yeah, I liked him too. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I I'm kind of hoping we see a little bit more of him in the second one. Yeah. Um, but one thing, I I didn't really talk about old Timmy boy yet. Um, oh, I thought he was good. He's he is good very good, and I think he does a really good job of showing that he doesn't he doesn't think he's a leader. He doesn't view himself as a leader. Yeah, it's um, not like he's yeah. really insecure. It's just he's not confident in himself. Yeah, yeah and I thought that was a that's a obviously it's from the book, so it's not like they made that up for the movie, but it it was really well handled in this movie. I thought in it, it was very believable, and he he really does help get that yeah, yeah. point across. Really, this, this role, the role of 
the role of Paul Atreides, the role that every like young actor dreams of having, like it's a chance to show your emotion, um, to not sacrifice any creative integrity with someone like Denis Villeneuve behind the camera. It's just a, it was a really great role for him to have. I think this movie is pretty impeccably cast for the most part. Yeah, totally. What is, uh, for the most part, what is the part missing? Um, well, if we're going into flaws a little bit, um, I didn't think Stellan Skarsgård was amazing in this movie. Like, he was perp, he was threatening. I didn't think he was, like, incredible performance-wise, though. There's not really um, a flaw. I feel like next movie is really going to get... Yeah, I think, I think next movie is when... Is when is he'll when have he'll, some he'll get more a little time better. to shine, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, also... There's also... Well, sorry to interrupt, but there's also... It, if I'm correct, there's like a higher threat to the emperor or whatever. They kept referring to like the emperor. Yeah. Who was never I think, known. Yeah, I think that what they're I think they're building up hype to show this emperor character. And I think they're gonna try to get an A list actor. Yeah. To play I him. think it'll be Edward Norton, like Oh, it's Alina. definitely gonna be Ian McDermott. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> somehow somehow Palpatine has returned. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, no, they'll definitely get some more. I, I think you know who I think would be a good one. casting. I think, I think there will be think... a few more A-list actors in the next one. Yeah, I agree because without spoiling anything, the cast of the next movie will be pretty drastically different. Yeah, from this me. one. But also a fair amount of returning people. Yeah, I'd say I'd say fair like, amount of returning the, people and I'm walking on eggshells here. I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah, but... more just people who had less screen time in this one will definitely have more in the next yeah. one such as zendaya mainly yeah i can yeah, see that, some people which was people. a little bit of a disappointment just because i we oh, all honestly, really zendaya, zendaya was advertised a lot and she's yeah, really not as, in it that much as much as she was advertised i mean as much as she was advertised and as much as i had heard that she wasn't in it that much she was still in it a little more than i expected honestly. yeah like people were saying oh she's in it less than sharon tate in once upon a time in hollywood and while that is probably true runtime wise i do kind of feel like like Cheney factors into this story a little more than Sharon did in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. She, she's, she's they they bring her up a lot more, and she's like you know, so you don't ever forget about her. And... Yeah, and they're building the character up. Like she'll be, she'll return. Like she's probably gonna be in. She's probably gonna have like be in like a majority of the next movie. Like she'll probably yeah. be like the second lead to Timothy. And like Zendaya, like like she's like a committed person. Like from everything that I've seen her do in the past like five years or so, like you know that this is the kind of thing that she would return for. Like yeah, Spider Man, you know she would come back for. Euphoria. Well, I mean she's probably contractually obligated to as well. But I think that what I heard is I think that even though Villeneuve signed on as a two movie deal, I think they said that all the the production contracts and acting contracts were going to be handled separately. Uh, but I do think most I, I feel like return. most actors will come back though I mean I don't see why not yeah like Jason Momoa like he's not doing much outside. like Javier Bardem stuff. too yeah which who oh, I he really was good liked. in this movie I, I liked him in this movie yeah I haven't been a huge fan of some of his more recent output um, namely Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Men Tunnel Tales and um, and what Mother. are you talking about he's amazing in that movie Oh, no, gosh. it's time to hunt the pirates. <laughs> He's scary in pirates. Uh-huh. Yeah, I didn't like him in pirates, and I didn't like him in mother. So I was glad to see 
a solid performance out of him because I've always liked him. You know, he's also great in this movie. Another actor that we haven't mentioned um, that I really liked seeing was Steve McKinley Henderson. I thought yes. he was really, really good in Another this Another smaller yeah. role, but it was cool to see him. Yeah. Yeah, no, like, there's so many, like, actors that I genuinely like that have pretty small roles in this, and I, I was just appreciated seeing them. Like, Dave Bautista, for one. Um, David Desmalchian was another one. He is barely in this movie, but... I'd say, honestly, it seemed like David Desmalchian had a little more screen time than Dave Bautista, though. I would agree with that, because yeah. most of Dave Bautista's scenes are... Actually, most of Dave Bautista's scenes are with Stellan Skarsgård, and so is... So is David Desmond. Yeah, but, but there were a couple has more... more scenes with Stone David Desmond. Yeah, he was in more scenes though. So I'd say Dave Bautista's probably in like two scenes of the movie, really. Yeah, there's there's that there's that scene where everything's on fire. And there's yeah, and that was very brief. Like you see him very briefly in that part. That didn't even really count. There's probably like two scenes where he like t- has dialogue. That's... Yeah. I like I like that um, Denis Villeneuve seems to like working with him though because I know yeah that, same like, with David Dasmalchian he's in like yeah. all his movies because hasn't um oh he was in twenty forty nine right David Dasmalchian was yeah and, and David Bautista yeah but and I was thinking like David Bautista like he's kind of like like expressed a few times like in recent years that um, he doesn't want to be typecast like he he loves uh, working with James Gunn but he doesn't. But he doesn't always just want to be playing Drax, and I, I, I really like that. Um, act, directors like Denis Villeneuve are taking chances on him because they really do seem to like working with him. Same with Jason Momoa. Mm-hmm. Although he was, I wouldn't say he's typecast here, but he is kind of playing like an Aquaman type. Yeah, character. that's what some of my friends said too, and I kind of I agree, but it works. I yeah, just... I think it really works. I think he was great as like. There's this movie has a bit more humor than I was expecting too. I'd like to say, it's yeah. not like not it's like, like overbl- Marvel. It's not, not like, like overblown, but there's some there's, there's some humor. Pretty, pretty funny. It, that was my my biggest fear going into this movie was that it was just kind of be going to be drab and depressing the whole time, but it I really was a nice little bit of fun that he had at times. Yeah, I mean, like the spitting on the table scene. I thought, I that, thought that part was, really was funny. Yeah, I actually I thought that was funny. Uh, um, and then, like Jason Momoa, like he just has great chemistry with Timothy Chalamet. Like you, you, you smile when the two are on screen together, running and hugging. Yes, very good. Um, yeah, I just really love that all the relationships that are set up in this movie. Like Oscar Isaac, like I loved his chemistry with Josh Brolin. I love that Josh Brolin was a little more of like a colder character, but he had like a warmth to him as well. Yeah, I just thought I just I was really surprised by this movie honestly i was expecting it to be kind of cold and i wound up pretty much falling in love with this world and i just can't wait to see what else they have in store for us because if you don't know we're getting another movie most likely bring it on we might be getting a part three which follows dune messiah and would that be another book yeah that's another book but it's shorter than the the yeah there's like what five books i think there's about five and then we're getting another a tv show on a HBO Max that Denis Villeneuve is executive producing. Really? Seems like a yes. big world. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, like... yeah, more interested than in this than what Star Wars has got in store for us. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think that, like, it's just so cool because 
this movie takes the time to build up this really just like fascinating beautiful world and like it just does a great job because now it feels like the possibilities are endless like you could tell any story with any kind of tone in this universe and it could probably work yeah i i agree there's there's enough like silly elements and everything too yeah i totally get that as far as a few flaws i have you guys don't mind um yeah yeah because i have a couple too I think some of the sound mixing in this movie was kind of that's bad. my main my that's my main flaw of the movie as well. Yeah, it's just really? like there's there's some parts where I think the score was a little overbearing and I couldn't really hear what some of the characters were saying. Mm-hmm. And I think I I just kind of wish the dialogue was a little louder than the score. And then one other thing is like Yes, there is the desert part. This I wish this move. This movie is kind of. Uh, I think this movie is shot really well. I think it looks beautiful. Some parts are a little. Some parts don't look as good though, in my in my opinion. But I mean, I mean everything else is pretty much near perfect. Like costume design was really cool. Um, the set design locations, just like. The designs of all the ships, I like again. I don't, I don't know what like the original like concept for those are in like the, in other movies or I know there's a mini series Dune, so I don't know if it's like direct or you know I'm sure there's like visualizations of the books that we mm. have made. Uh, so I don't know if it's like an original design or not, but I mean it's still it's executed well and it looks amazing. Yeah, I mean, this movie yeah. is just very impressive. We haven't even talked about the worms. Oh yeah, the worms are really cool in this movie. Uh, I'm I'm a little upset that they freaking gave pretty much like most of the worm action away in the trailers. But like still it was cool to see like it all play out in the plot, but like Yeah, yeah they're pretty tense scenes. I would, have shown, I would not too. have shown that shot of the worm coming above the ground in the trailer if I was Yeah, they should have just like teased it and then waited. Yeah, I know. And if I'm correct, wait, if I'm correct, yeah. is there going to be some worm riding in the second movie? Yeah. Definitely, because the ending kind of teased that a little bit, I thought. And I'm pretty, I, feel like I've, I feel like I've seen like a, like a quick like screenshot from like the David Lynch movie of them like on top of a worm or something. Yeah, that, the worm that's awesome. Is definitely that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, I need that in my life. I need that. That's gonna be so cool to see in the, in the next one. Yeah, no, that, I love that stuff. Um, so yeah, as far as my flaws go, um, I do agree with Ben that um, I think that this is not really a spoiler, but after the attack happens, I do think that the movie kind of drags out a little bit. I don't think it's boring, but. Like, I just wish that um, they had kind of sped things up a little bit, like, towards the end of the movie, because I think that the movie has absolutely perfect pacing for the first two-thirds. Other than that, I'd say I don't really have many issues with... Um, I do... I would like to see this movie again with subtitles, honestly, because I love the sound mixing. Like, I think that sound mixing is so impressive. Um, when it when it really adds to the experience, and I think that this really added to the experience, like the speaking voice parts, I thought that was just so cool to see in theaters. 
I yeah, think the I sound do. design is good. Just for clarification, I think the sound design is good. I just think there's a couple parts that were that didn't have a good balance of the dialogue and score and music and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, another funny thing is um, <laughs> this movie starts out really abruptly um, with something that happened. I'm not gonna really, gonna, I'm not really gonna say what it is, but this movie has a little thing that plays before the the opening logos that really this that really just caught me off guard and I jumped at it. I thought that was pretty funny. But yeah, I really love this movie and I'm really stoked to see what else this world brings. This is the first time in a while that I've just felt like there's unlimited possibilities with this world. Yeah, I loved it. Great. All right, so our great stare average is an 8.3 for Dune. So it's a really high average. For sure. First time doing our new segment here. We're going to talk about what we've been watching. Well, technically our second time, but this is the first time as of it as a add-on to this episode. Yeah, what we've been watching recently. So, yeah. uh, Cam, you want to begin? What have you been watching the past week or so? Oh, man. Um, well, uh, okay, Please I, guess I, I guess I have a couple things. Um, grizzly do Grizzly. I I was going to say uh something else but uh yeah me and Ben watched Grizzly uh 1976 was it Grizzly Dawson one or Grizzly movie I have nothing really to say about it but there's a few movies I actually want to have things to say about Ben but you forced me to say that so good for you um no good for so you, you some a few movies um I actually have stuff to say about are um one i finally checked out uh jennifer's body for spooky oh, season movie, movie i've been that. wanting to check out for a while and um i really liked it um yeah it's a fun say, one can't say i loved megan fox's performance in the movie i thought she was solid but um who really sold the movie for me was obviously amanda seyfried who was technically the lead i felt um, she was really good in it. Uh, some really interesting things. I kind of see why it was kind of hated on when it came out, but yeah, it was. I don't know. It's a, it's a really it has like a really interesting tone. It doesn't take itself like super seriously. Um, really loved it. Um, another movie I forgot to mention in the last episode I checked out um, is "We're All Going to the World's Fair." Um, a new a movie that's actually not out yet, but um, I believe is scheduled to come out in uh April. I think I don't know like the official release date, but um, I'm not gonna say much about this because obviously not a lot of people have seen it. But it is probably the best movie of the decade so far um everyone should see this movie uh it's creepy it's um it's you had you see this again uh my campus held a screening for it mm. an early screening and um it was just so how was that experience it was great everybody had a good time it seemed everyone seemed to enjoy it at least most of the people who like held it seemed to really enjoy it like um I don't know. It was a really just great movie. So well directed. 
um, very like swiftly paced, even like slightly humorous when it needed to be. But um, this movie really just left me just alone with my thoughts for a while because it's a lot to break down and I really can't wait to see it again. I can't wait for you guys to see it when it comes out because this is truly, really truly a special movie. Like this is like, I loved it. I think everyone needs to see it. How is the music in the movie? Music is fantastic. Um, something I didn't know about it before I saw it was it's actually executive produced by David Lowry. And um, oh wow, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, and the last thing movie for a little while is um. My favorite musician working today, uh, Alex G, composed. Oh yeah, for it, yeah. and he did um, some original songs for it. Oh, so, so I'm really you're gonna you're that. you're gonna love the score because it's great. You'll dip. I didn't know that the composer was. Um, I think they do all the music because, from what I remember. But um, last thing I want to bring up briefly is um, I'm not done with it yet, but I've been watching Squid Game on netflix everyone's talking about it right now and um it's it's solid it's pretty good um at first first episode didn't really sell me that much i was like this is fine but um i have like it's nine episodes um the last one i watched was five and um yeah it's starting to really hook me there's um it gets better as it goes on, for sure. I think it's slightly overrated, so far at least. But um, it's good. I recommend it still. Yeah, I want to start that. I want to start it too. I haven't gotten it around to it yet. It's yeah. pretty fun characters, and um, some great little great ideas scattered throughout. Yeah. Um. Some things I've been watching recently. Um. I've been re-watching uh, Over the Garden Wall, which is a Cartoon Network miniseries. Um, it's really fun, really just a nice little fall uh, watch. Um, so if you guys haven't seen that yet, that's a high recommendation for me if you like animation. It's just really fun and really creative. Um, what are you, two? I'm joking. <laughs> and next up um rewatched uh waltz and grommet curse the were rabbit with mr tyler here and marlon um okay you must be too because these are all kitties (laughs) this is all kitty stuff get oh you'll see um yeah i mean if i love waltz and grommet i mean this is a great movie if you haven't seen it somehow I mean, you know, just a nice Halloween recommendation. That's just two for you there. Just get yeah. you in the fall mood. You know, we only got so much left of October, so I take yeah. that back. Actually, Wallace and Gromit is terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it is really scary. This is yeah, it's not a kids movie, and neither is Meet the Feebles, <laughs> which Cam and I watched together. Peter Jackson's one of Peter Jackson's first movies, I believe. His second. Um. Yeah, it's uh, ah, it's a disturbing movie. <laughs> Sounds like it. Cam, uh, you want to comment at all? <laughs> no, I've it, just been trying to kind of backtrack it from my brain a little bit. 
So, uh, like the movie? I, I don't think either. I think I don't really know. I still it's, don't know. No, it's it's a it's a horrible movie, but it it I kind of appreciate. I don't even know. It, yeah, I kind of appreciate. There's good. All right, who would win though? Who would win though? The Feebles or the Happy Time Murders Gang? Oh, the Feebles, definitely. The Feebles are Feebles are brutal. They're it was just disgusting. It was um. It was pretty just, I, I don't even know the words it, to describe it. It's, it's a fucked up movie. It's a fucked It really up. is. And it's like, Honestly, there's things I the, can't unsee. Saying the happy time murders out loud just really threw me for a loop because I realized I haven't thought about that movie in years. <laughs> I definitely see the resemblance, though, between the two movies. But this movie is definitely more... It's more well thought out than that movie, because that movie is just kind of lame. This movie actually like has a little more to it, even though it's super messed up and scary. Yeah. But yeah, the I I don't know. It's messed up. I don't know whether I'd recommend it or not. Well, it's on if you if you're interested, it's on YouTube. Um, if you it's better watch it with like a friend or something because I don't know if you might you might uh hate your life if you just watch it by yourself. <laughs> that's I kind of think that's accurate. But hey, if you're going on a Peter Jackson binge, um, you might have to watch it and um. Yeah, just think to yourself, this is a guy that did Lord of the Rings. Directing the hippo massacring uh, everybody. Yeah, it's... There's no movie like it. There's no movie. There's there's a whole, like, Deer Hunter parody scene. Yeah. Uh, Let's just move move on. Jeez. All right, Tyler, uh, anything you want us? Yeah, um, I wanted to mention a movie that I saw um, a couple days ago called Bergman Island, directed by Mia Hansen Love. Um, I wasn't a big fan of it, honestly. The movie is definitely a love letter to cinema. Um, Ingmar Bergman's name is mentioned about as many times as a Fast and Furious movie mentions family. Um, almost every other line in the movie is about Ingmar Bergman, Through Glass Darkly, Persona, Scenes from Marriage. Um you know, I thought the performances were solid. Um, Vicky Kripes, I always like her. Um, Tim Roth, I thought it also was pretty good. Um, but the standout for me and what absolutely carried this movie from being um, a mediocre, underwhelming experience was Mia Wasikowska's performance. I thought she was phenomenal in this movie. And um, there's an incredible scene where um, her character sings and dances to The Winner Takes It All by ABBA. And it is just a mind-blowing sequence. Like, it's, it's, it's in a different kind of way because what that scene represents in the context of the story is really interesting. Like, um, so I thought that was all great. Uh, the movie is way too long. Um, and it really has no story for the first about hour, 20 minutes of it. Really, the movie is kept afloat by the movie within a movie part, which happens about an hour and 30 minutes in and lasts for about 40 minutes. Um, which which is the part with Mia Wasikowska, and I thought that stuff was really good. Um, but yeah, like check it out if you enjoy it. Like I I can't say it's not worth a recommendation, but I can't say I could ever see myself watching it again. Um, 
as far as TV shows, um, Ben and I checked out the first two episodes of uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer on Amazon Prime. All right. Um, and it, it's interesting. Um, it, I don't think I would call it a very good show, but it is incredibly entertaining. Yeah. Um, like, I, the characters are not very well written. I think Madison Iceman is really good in the show. I've been a fan of hers for a couple of years. Um, but yeah, the show is very much capitalizing on the success of Euphoria, but like the like a lot of its copycats, like Waves or Generation on HBO Max, um, neither of those shows really capture the empathy that Sam Levinson has for the characters he writes in Euphoria. And I think that's where this show kind of falls apart, is that um, it literally is just a slasher show. Like, there's a few interesting twists here and there. There's a few interesting ideas. But it's basically if Euphoria was a slasher. It's, it's a little like 13 Reasons Why. It's, it's just like fun and that's all. And that's kind of how the original movie is. It's not yeah. great, but it's uh, fun. Another funny thing is the show was nearly entirely filmed in Hawaii. And um, it, it was funny watching the first few episodes because I've driven past the locations they, that the murder happens at about 100 times in my life. Um, so I thought that was pretty nice to see. Um, and it's probably something that I will try to finish by the end of the month because I did enjoy it quite a bit. Um, yeah, it's fun. Another thing that I watched, I also, like I said, I watched Curse of the Were-Rabbit with uh, Ben and Marlon. Uh, I haven't seen that movie since I was a child and it uh, gave me intense trauma when I was a kid. So uh, I never thought about it again. So this was really the first time I saw it in full. And uh, it was it's a good movie. I like it. Um, another movie I'd like to mention is... Um, Muppets Haunted Mansion. Um, oh God! It, it's not that good. Um, it's it's Cam, Cam probably, and I watched this also. We did watch this too. <laughs> it's what, probably one of the worst produced things I've ever seen come out of Disney. Like it does not a single frame of this thing looks like a movie or a TV special by any means. Um, but you know, I, I had a decent time with it. Like it's weird. It's it's Disneyfied. It's it's just kind of a shame Disney has no idea what to do with the Muppets. And yeah, it's it's, like... it's, it is sad to me because the the Muppets is a great movie. Muppets Most Wanted was not good. Muppets Now was terrible. Um, and oh god, my complaint still stands that uh, Matt Vogel, I believe is his name. Uh, you know, no shade to you, man. You're probably a really nice guy, but oh, he is not a good Kermit voice actor at all. Yep. It is so distracting every time he kermit opens his mouth because it just doesn't sound like kermit at all it sounds like constantine from muppets most wanted <laughs> yeah <laughs> i didn't think about that yeah uh hopefully they can get back on track because it's kind of yeah. blasphemy why the the original actor was fired so yeah anyway yeah. Uh, another thing this is the last movie i'm going to talk about i didn't watch this recently i watched this movie a few months ago and i rewatched it about a month ago um but I never got a chance to talk about it because I'm the only one here that's seen it. Um, and it's Coda. Um, I think this movie is just so it's it just offers such a unique perspective. Like it's it's not the most original movie in the world. Like you can kind of tell where the movie's gonna go as soon as the story kicks in. Uh, I love stories about music. I love stories about underdogs. And I think Amelia Jones. This is a star-making performance for her. Marley Martin is fantastic. Uh, Amelia Jones's dad in the movie, who is played by a real deaf actor, is phenomenal. 
I was in absolute awe every time he was on screen. He just embodies the character so well. Um, but yeah, if you don't know what this movie's about, it's about um, a deaf family um, played mostly by deaf actors, but except for the mother who is played by Marley Martin. Their daughter is a hearing individual and she can hear and um, she loves music, but she has to find, she finds herself like caught between having to support her family business of fishing and being able to pursue a music career in college. And Eugenio Derbez is also in this movie and I thought he was great in it. Um, I haven't seen much of his work. I know he's uh, very popular in the Latin film community. And I really just think this is such a strong debut from Sian Hader. It's not a debut actually. Um, she directed the movie Tallulah, which is on Netflix. It stars Elliot Page. Uh, I didn't get a chance to see that, but I would love to seek it out after seeing this. Um, but yeah, I really just was very taken away by this movie and it, it made me cry. It's a very emotional movie. Um, I would love to see Amelia Jones get more work out of this because I think it's a great movie. Nice. Yeah. All right. So hopefully you guys like that little segment we did. Um, uh, what do we have coming up? What's out next? Oh, Last Night in Soho yeah. is next weekend. Antlers. And yeah. Look, I, I probably uh, won't see whenever, whenever the French Dispatch comes out. I believe that movie people. comes out wide this weekend. So we should be, be, able, be able to talk about that. We might combine it with Last Night in Soho, though. Yeah, and Eternals as well. As yeah. Eternals just, just around the corner. Yeah. All right. So that is that's all for this episode, everybody. Thank you for listening and uh hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, and let us know what you guys think of our new format because we've been tweaking things around recently, shifting things around. Um you'll find out about some of those things soon. But um Yep. All right. Things are changing. Yeah, perfect. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next time.